RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. As always, we are here in Lawfather Studios within Lawfather Headquarters. And as always, check us out on all of our social media, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, TikTok. We are on TikTok. Maybe we'll start Twitter up. I don't know. Um, I don't know if we have anything that interesting. But uh, welcoming you back to another episode of Lawfather Shorts. And to reintroduce that, basically uh, taking some topics that are not long enough for a whole show, but to fill in the times when me as a practicing lawyer uh, is in court or has work or um, the one or two times a year that Jason's not available, hey, I want to give you all a show every week. All right. So without fail, here we go. Today's topic, what to do when stopped for a DUI. Yep. You know, those of us, we well, I knock wood, haven't been there, but it's a not uncommon thing. Okay. Especially, you know, I don't know, Jason, if you've ever ridden through uh, South Howard on a Friday or Saturday night, uh, even stone sober, uh, I'm not doing it. I am avoiding that at all costs because, well, um, it is somewhat of a DUI trap. Okay. Um, now look, there, there's, you can get stopped, right? By the police while you're driving. So let's, let's take this all the way back to the beginning, right? You're driving your car, you're minding your own business. Maybe you went to a bar. Maybe you went to a club. Maybe you were at a friend's house. Maybe you had some drinks. Maybe you didn't. Okay. Now the question is, red and blue lights come on behind you. What do you do? Right? There's there's a, a ton of different things you can do. Right? First thing you shouldn't do is say, hey, officer or hey, deputy, I've been drinking. Okay. You should not say that. That's the easiest advice I could give you, okay? And look, having worked in law enforcement, I can tell you, you know how many drinks every person I ever stopped for DUI had? Jason, any idea? Uh, No, Jason says zero. Two. Everybody has only ever had two drinks. I swear to God, every single person I ever stopped that I suspected of having been drinking and driving, when you would get to the question of how many drinks have you had, the answer was always two. All right. Um, it, it becomes comical. It really does. Drinking and driving is not comical. The answers and seeing the same things over and over and over um, becomes comical. OK, so that said, uh, what should you do? Well, first thing is, you know what? They're going to be looking for how you pull your license out of your wallet, how hard it is for you to get your insurance card and your registration out of your glove box. That's going to be the very first indicator. Other than the fact that every single DUI report that I have ever written or have seen has said that the person had bloodshot, glassy, watery eyes, and an odor of alcohol emanating from their breath. 100% of the time, I have seen that. Okay? I don't know why. It just is how it is. Um, you know, whether it's true or not, that's what every single DUI report I've ever said. Now, that doesn't mean 100% of DUI reports say that. 100% of the ones that I have seen say that. So small difference, but just keep that in mind. All right. Um, so keep, you want to be able to get your stuff out and, and present it very calmly and easily. Um, not a, you don't, you want to minimize the conversation, right? Cause they're looking, they want you talking. They want you talking because they want to be able to say that they spoke and I heard slurred speech. Okay. So the less you can talk, the better. 
you don't have to really say anything in a traffic stop. I don't know of any case anywhere that says you have to say anything. Now that said, if they ask you or tell you to get out of the car, you have to do so. All right, there is a Supreme Court case that says it doesn't matter the reason, you have to get out of the car. Okay, um, I can tell you from being in law enforcement, I had many people who would say, I'm not getting out of this car. Well, yes, you are. <laughs> Whether you get out under your own power or under the power of a couple of other people, you're getting out of that car. It's happening. Okay. Um, so keep that in mind. There is a Supreme Court case out there that allows that. It's an old case. It's, it is pretty well settled, meaning that you're not changing it. It's there. It is what it is. Okay. So that's kind of the, the first baby steps. Now, here's where you have to really kind of figure out, have you been drinking or have you not been drinking? Okay. Now, that said, I'm sure I could run most of you listeners through the field sobriety exercises bright and early on a Monday morning, haven't drank in anything at all. Okay. Not, you know, no, no liquor drinks. Okay. Not high on anything, completely stone sober. And I would bet you I could fail you on a field sobriety test. Okay. They're not meant for you to pass. They, you're theoretically supposed to be able to pass it if you haven't been drinking, but it's so ultra difficult because what it is, is it's trying to get you to think and trying to get you to do something physical. Theory is you can't do both when you're drunk. Okay. That's how that works. So next up is the field sobriety exercises. Do you or don't you do them? Well, here's the thing. Okay. If there's no video, you might be okay doing them because there's no video for them to put up at trial anyway. Right now when the DUI guy is there and he has dash cam and well, actually, yeah, I take that back. Just about everybody has body cams now. It's not like back, uh, and it's not that long ago that I worked, but we didn't have body cams. They didn't really exist. I, I think they existed, but it was not mainstream whatsoever. They were super expensive, still all that. So, you know, that said, you want to avoid the field sobriety exercises, especially if you've been drinking, because they can show that in court all day long to a jury, right? Now, the problem is you're going to lose your license, by refusing it, you're going to lose your license, okay? So if you haven't been drinking at all, you're probably better off to go ahead and do them. Now, look, this is all theory, right? This is all risk and risk analysis, and it's up to you to make your own risk analysis, okay? So if you haven't been drinking and you do the field sobriety exercises and they fail you on them, what's going to happen is you're going to go take a breathalyzer. If you have been drinking and you fail them, well, they're going to take you down to a breathalyzer. Um, if you pass them, congratulations, you're the first person I ever know, all I've ever known to pass the field sobriety exercises, including everybody that I put through field sobriety exercises, okay? Just how it is. I don't know. I don't know why that they're so hard to pass, unless it's just that, um, just, just that everybody that I've ever been in contact with for it has actually been drunk, right? It could be. So if you don't do them, you can lose your license for a year. Just keep that in mind, all right? But they won't have video of you, especially if you're plastered. You might want to avoid that, all right? If you're plastered, do all of us a favor. Call an Uber. Be a little bit responsible. Call a friend. Walk. So don't drink and drive. That's that's the main, main moral of the story. If you haven't been drinking, okay, or let's say you had one, and you know your body metabolizes about one drink every hour. Okay, that's an average across the board. So, you know, if you're smaller, it may take you longer. If you're bigger, it may take you a shorter amount of time. 
on average, about an hour, okay? You know how long approximately it's going to take for you to get from where the stop happens to where they do the breath testing, which is at central breath testing, which is at the jail? By the time you blow, it's going to be about 45 minutes to an hour, okay? So you can keep that in mind. So if you do the field sobriety exercise and they take you down and they have you blow, all right, you have a decision to make. You either go, I've had a lot and I shouldn't do this. So I say no, you're going to lose your license, okay? And you get one free pass before it becomes an extra criminal charge. The second time you say no, as in a second incident, not the second time in a night, okay? Second time you say no, it is a charge, okay? It is an additional criminal charge. So keep that in mind, all right? So we also keep that in mind if you've already refused once. So, but if you know you've had zero or one, and you know it's gonna take an hour to get down to where you're actually blowing, okay? Guess what? Go ahead and blow, because the chances are you're gonna blow triple zeros. And unless you're on something else, keep in mind, painkillers count. Painkillers can get you a DUI just as much as alcohol can. Same charge, same everything, okay? Assuming that you are sober, or maybe you had one beer or one drink, and it's been you know, that hour, here's the deal. You can probably go ahead and blow, all right? Because you're most likely not going to be at above a 0.08. Now, also keep in mind, 0.08 is just a presumption of being impaired. So, can you be charged and convicted of DUI in the state of Florida under a 0.08? Absolutely. Okay. Now, if you blow triple zeros and you have no drugs whatsoever in your system, you're probably just a bad driver. I'm just going to go with that. Okay. But you're probably going to beat the DUI charge. Okay. The state's probably going to drop it. Because, well, you had no drugs, no alcohol. So there is the long version of what you should do if you get stopped for a DUI. If you have questions, feel free to hit me up on any of our social media. All right. This is the Law Father here. Law Father Podcast Shorts. Law Father. Out.